0: What's going on everybody? Hello again and welcome back to another episode of The World Report with me, John Luke Brooks. Make some noise, clap it up, get excited wherever you are. Tell a friend, tell your homeboy, tell your homegirl, I don't care who they are. Tell them that The World Report is here and we got a jam packed episode for you today like we always do, as we're going to cover Vasily Lomachenko losing to Devin Haney and Devin Haney retaining the undisputed, lightweight title, Break Down the Fight. Give you my thoughts and opinions. Hopefully that's what you want to hear. If not, too bad. You're going to get it. You're going to get the truth. And we're going to talk about whether the fight, was his decision right? Was his decision wrong? As well as corruption in the world of boxing, like seems to always happen whenever we have these big events. Did it occur again on that night over the past weekend? So, without further ado, let's get it started right now. Actually, before we do, leave a like on the video, comment your thoughts and opinions, subscribe to the channel, and share the video with everybody that you know so that we can build this empire together on YouTube, as well as we're also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all podcasting platforms. You can find us anywhere. Follow us there. Like our videos on those platforms as well. Give us five stars. So we can get highly rated and all that stuff. Reach out to every place that you know and listen on ten different devices. <laughs> See, we can get ten different views at once. I oh, want to be great. Want to be fun? <laughs> oh boy! Do whatever you got to do. But thank you so much for supporting the channel. Thank you so much for listening, and let's step into the ring. That's right let's get it started ring the bell let's get this fight underway and let's talk about the undisputed championship of the world for the lightweight division as like we said before Devin Haney wins against Vasily Lomachenko and defeats him in an incredibly hotly contested bout. let's Let's talk about just the fight overall. This was the best version of what I was expecting from Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko. It was touted as the chess match of the year. No doubt about it, two of the most technical boxers in the world today, going at each other, fighting against each other for the biggest belt, or excuse me, the biggest prize, the undisputed prize in the lightweight division. This was slated to be, uh, like I said, a highly technical bout. But normally when we get technical bouts, those are affairs that are of the not as, how do we say, ex- exciting department. Normally when people think of technical anything, that's, ooh, is high thinking, not a whole bunch of action, a lot of elite level production, but done in a way that's very much not, engaging, at least to the eyes anyway, to high, you know, touted fans, fans that have been in the sport for a number of years, some may call them elitist, some just may call them seasoned, whatever you want to call them, the the quote-unquote expert fans that have been watching this sport for a while. Oh yeah, this is a match that they would get highly engaged in, but the casual fan that may not be their cup of tea, at least normally, whenever the word technical gets thrown around there. But this fight was the best of both worlds. Action, tension, and technical prowess all rolled into one because this was this fight had me on the edge of my seat. And you know, other people that I was watching the fight what's on the edge of their seats people that didn't even like the sport as a whole, they were getting enthralled with this fight because this fight had everything you wanted for a big-time affair. And in talking about the two combatants, now let's break down the fight in and of itself. What exactly happened between these two? Well, like I said in the breakdown, Devin Haney is the bigger guy, the the more physical the more physically imposing opponent in this fight. Can he use his length? Can he use his his physical attributes, his physical advantages to actively take control and do what he needs to do to win this fight? And he did. Only problem is he did it in a way that I didn't think of. He came forward, like I said he needed to do. However, it wasn't with the jab. He didn't throw the jab nearly as much as I thought he was going to throw in this fight in terms of Devin Haney. Devin Haney, yes, he came forward, but he came forward sitting down on his punches. Something that I didn't think was going to happen until later in this fight. This man out the gate came out attacking and attacking the body with hooks and uppercuts, something that I did not expect at all when it came to Devin Haney. I thought it was going to be Devin Haney probing with the jab, coming forward, using that jab to make Loma stay on the back foot because Loma had to figure out, how to I work around the the length and strength and speed of somebody that has such a great educated jab like Devin Haney? But no, Devin Haney essentially put his foot down And just said, no, we're going to turn this into a fight early and often. And that's exactly what he did. He went, was attacking the body, coming forward. You had a lot of pressure to him, was sitting down on his punches, and everything looked impactful when it came from Devin Haney, legitimately. Over the course of the first four or five rounds, he came out and said, he said, I'm not budging, and if you come into my vicinity, it's going to be nothing but body shots. And it was great. It was a great game plan. Loma a brother that can move. He's a cat That His best attribute is his feet, is his ability to use the ring and to his advantage, his ring generalship, his ability to control where the fight takes place. That's Loma's best attribute. And how do you beat somebody like that? You go downstairs, Teddy Atlas always says, you put water in the basement, you flood the basement, you you invest in the bank of sorts, you invest in the bank so that when it's time to take your savings out, you got plenty of them to take out. And That's exactly what Devin Haney did, went to the body constantly, early and often, and was continually... Relentless in his pursuit of attacking the base of Lomachenko to force Loma to have to stop moving around. Or better yet, catching the one thing that doesn't move, even if your feet do move, the body's still there. And the body, even short or tall, is a wide frame for anybody to attack. And if you can't catch the head consistently, what do you do? You go downstairs. And that's exactly what Debra Haney did. And it was phenomenal. And it wasn't just that he went to the body. He went powerfully to the body. It wasn't jabs to the body. It wasn't light straights to the body. No, it was legitimate, huh, type shots. Real digging shots to the body in Lomacheco. And that's what allowed for him to really take control of the fight early on. No doubt about it. But, however, even with that, it was working up until it wasn't. And that's where this fight really got interesting. Because Loma had some struggles, had some trouble. Because Demon Haney was going to the body, he, he didn't, hadn't figured out how to defend it. Didn't really figure out how to really counter it to a degree. Loma maybe won one one early round, one or two early rounds in the fight but Devin Haney did have control but as the fight went on Devin Haney fell victim to exactly what I said he can't fall victim to he let Loma take control and that was the one thing that I said he could not do in this fight Devin Haney had control again with body shots, was coming forward, forcing Loma on the back foot, using his size, using his physical attributes. Understand that, like we discovered. But Loma adapted. And that was the biggest thing that I talked about when it comes to what Devin Haney needs to do. And why I said that Lomachenko, why I picked Lomachenko to win this fight was because of the fact that once you get around, And and At first I said the jab of Devin Haney but it turned out it was actually the body attack. But either way let's rephrase that to fit what the the fight actually was. Whatever game plan that Devin Haney implemented that was working. Whether it was the jab which I thought it was going to be or the body attack which actually was in this fight. Whatever the form of attack was going to be for Devin Haney to keep control. You can't let loma adapt to it because if loma adapts to it i said i don't know how Demon haney is going to be able to adapt himself when it comes to the evolved form of loma which normally comes about halfway through the fight once loma figures you out how do you think regain control and adapt to what he is doing to you rather than him adapting to what you are doing when the when the script gets flipped how are you going to be able to rewrite the script? Can you put in notes to turn that fight back in your favor? And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Devin Haney adapted to the body attack of, 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 of excuse me, Lomachenko adapted to the body attack of Devin Haney, actively went from being on the back foot to putting Devin Haney on the back foot, and went and led with the lead, well not lead, with the power left because he is south ball, led with the power left straight that was catching him consistently over and over and over again once he found that in his arsenal and as a means to legitimately attack Devin haney now just the game plan started unfolding now he started going with the two one combination instead of the standard one two went with the 2-1, led with the rear hand like somebody like a, a, a um, Roy Jones Jr. would do or like when Mario Barrios fought against Javante Tank Davis. Tank, instead of leading with the jab, led with his power hand and led with the, the rear left straight and kept on connecting. Loma did the exact same thing and that was working consistently he was able to flip the pressure. He, he again, mind you, Loma actually won round three, and it really turned the ignition switch on his own energy, and his own game plan. Really early on in the fight, it just wasn't fully implemented up until this, or up until about the middle rounds. But we saw Loma actively coming on stronger than we've ever seen him, at least as early as we've ever seen him. And that energy kept going through the entire fight. And Devin Haney, again, wasn't matching it. Yes, he was. He was matching the energy. But once Loma figured out that he could land the, the rear left straight and come at Devin Haney because Devin Haney wasn't moving his head in exchanges or even moving his head when there weren't any exchanges. He found an avenue to attack and kept on using it, kept on going at it, kept on coming forward, continued to push Devin Haney back more and more and more, forced Devin Haney to give up ground and forced him to not utilize his larger frame, forced him to not utilize his bigger attributes. Mind you, Devin Haney wasn't even doing that. For, for, from the jump in this fight, he was more so using his sides and weight to get on the inside and rake right to the body, which isn't bad, but he wasn't using his length like you normally would. Yes, he was trying to gauge distance to make sure, that okay, he could, he could land the body shots, but to land those body shots, he was giving up real estate in order to say, I'm going to go on the inside, and I'm going to wear you out, and I'm going to force you to succumb to my attack on the inside tell the body by willingly giving up one of my biggest advantages which is height and length because of that and because you allow because haney allowed loma to get on the inside and allow for himself to say i'll take this risk of getting caught to make sure i can put again water in the basement he in terms of loma said since you're going to give me that inch i'm gonna take it and turn it into a mile that's exactly what happened and once he figured out that that rear left could land there was nothing that debbie haney could do to adapt to it there was no other game plan that debbie haney had outside of continue to sit down on the punches and continue to work the body and that both of those game plans one stubbornness and the other adaptability well rather excuse me not stubbornness it wasn't stubbornness on the part of Devin Haney. It was a lack of understanding of what to do. And his corner didn't help him either. His father didn't help him either. In this fight, once Loma actively got going, and once Loma's game plan actively was giving Devin Haney fits, his corner didn't really give him any advice on what to do to adapt to it, what to do to be to be successful against it once the tide of the fight started turning. And when, like I said, when Loma came on strong and started taking advantage of the real estate that Devin Haney was giving up, now, now the fight broke out. Now it turned into who, what, which was going to prevail. And it turned out something that I didn't expect and something that many people may not have noticed that took effect in this fight was stamina. Devin Haney, again, is not a power puncher. Devin Haney's not a guy that throws power shots and he's not known for knocking people out. You understand that? Slick, quick, fast punches are what his MO is. When you when he was going to the body against Lomachenko, from round one to the end of the fight, sitting down on, near, on a whole bunch of his punches, mind you, he landed 95 power punches And 50 of them were to the body. A whole bunch of power punches as the cat was landing. And many of them were were flat-footed, putting everything he had behind. That actually worked against Devin Haney. Because as the fight went on, Devin Haney started to tire, not because Loma was giving him, oof just fits left, right, and center, but because his own body attack was starting to take a toll on him. Now you start to see the the technique start to fall by the wayside. Reaction speed starting to wane when it came to reacting to what Loma was going to do. Even just the speed of his punches in general started slipping ever so slightly as the fight went on. Really? And because of that, the, 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 the water that he wanted to put in Loma's basement Actively got splashed into his own. And that could be from what I saw. Mind you, I watched this fight twice to make sure that that what happened actually happened. Devin Haney, to a degree, took too much energy out of himself by going to the body and by putting all he had into all of those punches. And when it came time for the later rounds as the halfway point of the fight started going forward, now you started to see Loma still being consistently what he is and Devin Haney ever so slightly waning, just ever so slightly in terms of reaction speed, punch speed, all of that. I'm not saying he was gassed or winded, but there was enough of a decline that we got to see Loma while he had, after he had figured out what he needed to do, take advantage. And that's when you saw the real elevation of urgency from Devin Haney's corner. Because now they were starting to see wait a minute now. What we did might actually be hurting us. Because now what the same success that Devin Haney had early on is not having anymore. So it could have been fatigue from the outright sitting down on punches that Devin Haney had. I'm not saying Devin Haney was going crazy. I'm just saying what I noticed when I watched the fight, Devin Haney started to wane slightly, and it could have been due to the fact that his stamina wasn't where it could have been due to him sitting down on so many shots, which is something that he normally does not do. On top of that, with Loma coming on strong, he was consistently landing significant headshots to Devin Haney. And this is where really the whole rigmarole and the whole drama of this fight comes down to. The judges scored this fight 116 to 112 and 115 to 113. Two judges had it 115. 13. Dave Moretti had the, had it 115, 116, 112, which again, we'll talk about Dave Moretti later. But, whoever, it's, it's, this is not a robbery, in terms of, oh, Loma didn't win the fight, even though, at least in my opinion, he deserved to win the fight. I think that it was the bad, it was a bad decision, but it wasn't a robbery. Because a robbery is something where it's just outright, oh no, clearly one guy won over the other, and it was taken away from him when there's no way in the world you could see it as otherwise. That's not what this fight was. No, it wasn't. This was a close, contested, hot bout that had twists and turns throughout. Every time Devin Haney landed a body shot, Loma landed a head shot consistently once once Loma got on to what Devin Haney was doing and adapted it turned into a trade for trade situation every time Devin Haney landed went to the body Loma landed went to the head two to the body two to the head it was back and forth it was that close I had trouble scoring Multiple rounds in this fight, there were so many swing rounds in this fight, so many instances of this fight where you could call it a draw. To be perfectly honest, on a bunch of rounds, and if you had it as a draw, it wouldn't be mad. If they had it as a draw in this fight, I wouldn't be mad. Wouldn't be mad at all. The only thing I don't like about the fight is, in terms of the result, was that it was a, it wasn't a split decision because it should have been a split decision Bye but it 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 should have been a split decision. Absolutely should have been a split decision. At least in my estimation. And even if and even if it was unanimous, like it was in when Haney won, it shouldn't have been no 116-112. 115-113. Fine. No problem with that. None. None whatsoever. Because it was that close of a fight if it, if it had even ended in a, a, a two people had a draw and one judge had it for one or the other wouldn't it be mad all those situations are applicable because this fight was just that tooth and nail close people that say that this is a robbery this is not a robbery This is boxing at its best, and it could go either way. When I saw the fight, I thought that Lomachenko had done enough, and ironically enough, a lot of the public agrees with me that Lomachenko did enough in the second half of the fight to take the lead and keep the lead, even with Devin Haney winning the 12th round. Because in my estimation, the way I was judging the fight Devin Haney was having monstrous sex to the body. Absolutely. Consistently good body work throughout the entirety of the fight. Making Loma uncomfortable. Was controlling the fight. Up until the halfway point. And then, when the halfway point came, Loma, adapting to Haney's body attack, was consistently landing significant headshots. And at that point, when it comes blow for blow, trade for trade, if one's going to shot to the body and the other's going to shot to the head, the head is going to be more significant. Once it's, when it's a one-to-one situation. When it's a one-to-one situation. Even though it's incredibly close, the way this fight panned out, the shot said Lomo was landing to the head were more significant once he got going in the, in the in the latter half of the fight all the way up until the 12th round. They were more significant than Devin Haney's body shots. In but And by that same metric, Devin Haney's body shots were more significant than Loma's head shots early on in the fight because Loma couldn't land anything, and Devin Haney was consistently giving not just flashy but effective, strong, solid body shots. Whenever he was on the inside. Coupled with jabs to the head. Great. But when the tide turned. And it came to -to one-to-one differences. Haney landing not as effective body shots. And Loma countering or trading shots with him. With more significant straight power lifts. I thought with that game plan that Loma had adapted to in the second half, he did enough to win the fight. Because Haney wasn't able to adapt and lost control of the fight. He had control up until about round five and then lost it. And from that point on, mind you, I had it where rounds rounds one and two Haney, round three Loma, round four Loma, round five Haney. Again, that whole first half of the fight, incredibly close. Incredibly close. Incredibly close. You could have, honestly, outside of round three, you could have it. You Shoot. We don't know. It's anybody's game. But once you got to round five, you started to see Loma put something together. And when round six came afterwards, nothing else. It was more clear. That Loma was actively taking control, had control, and was doing the better work than Devin Hayes. If you look at Copybox, the numbers are incredibly close, even though Lomachenko outlanded them in both total punches and power punches. But it was still incredibly close, but that doesn't tell the story of how the fight actually went. It doesn't. Once Loma really turned it on. Devin Haney didn't have an ability to adapt to it. He didn't have another game plan. This corner didn't have another game plan. The game plan was, in essence, keep doing what you're doing and do it better. And Loma was adapting to it. And then in round 10 especially, when Loma fully had control, nearly knocked him down. That was, yeah. At that point, Loma had full control. And that was a culmination of Devin Haney further and further falling behind to Lomachenko's adaptability while Devin Haney himself wasn't adapting. And so, this is this a bad decision? Yes. Robbed somebody in Lomachenko's 35 years old him, himself saying this might be his last shot at an undisputed title, something that he's been wanting for years, wanting something that he's been wanting all his life. And something that he had in his grasp. And was taken away. But it wasn't just so. watching the fight. It wasn't like, oh, I couldn't see it for Devin Haney. No, that's not the case. It's not the case at all. A bunch of people on Twitter and and all these other platforms saying, oh, it was, what the world. I didn't have like Bootsy. Not Bootsy Collins, but, but Bootsy, Bossy, whatever his name is. The black brother with the square head. <laughs> he was saying, "Oh, Loma didn't win. Uh, excuse me, Devin Haney didn't win not one round. That's absolutely stupid. That's ignorant. Anybody saying anything other than this was a close fight It's dumb. I had it seven to five, Lomachenko. That's what I had. But if the judges had it." The other way, it would have most likely been because of the body attack from Devin Haney. They might have valued body attacks as more significant. In my opinion, I don't think that's the case. I'm not devaluing them. I'm saying when it comes to a one-to-one trade-to-trade situation. No, it's not as significant. And I think that it should have gone 115-113 the other way. But it still doesn't mean that this was a robbery. This was a good fight. A phenomenal fight. But the bigger question is, what is Devin Haney going to do with this win? What do I mean by that? That goes into the second round of this show. What I mean by that is, what is it in terms of what is it that Devin Haney is going to do with this win, how is he going to respond to everybody saying this is a robbery? and what that response should be is an immediate rematch that's what it should be this was a hot contested belt incredibly close could have been a draw in all, in all honesty but a rematch for the undisputed lightweight title immediately should be something that he that he that he calls for Forget calling Lomachenko a sore loser. Forget trying to meme him for Lomachenko crying in the locker, all that stuff. Forget all that. If you really want to be, if you really want to put up a shut up after winning a fight that the majority of the public is saying that you lost, then you go out and you beat him again. That's what you do. You give him a rematch. Not because he's undeserving, but because he gave you one of your toughest fights that many people saw as you were on the wrong end of, even though you got the decision. Many people, myself included, feel that you got outboxed, outmaneuvered. You couldn't adapt to what Loma did, and you lost the fight. A good fight, but you lost the fight. And because of that, that stigma of, are you really the guy, the champion, is still over your head. I guess, of course, you remember, and if you're not, remember. Here's the thing about Devin Haney, if you're new to boxing. Devin Haney never won the title. These are unbelievable. I believe Devin Haney got put on as a champion, but was never, I believe, never the champion. He faced Cambosos and took the rest of the belts. Devin Haney was given the WBC belt, and because of that, he was seen... Ever since he got, he had he was claimed as champion as not a real champion because he never earned it even after he went and beat Cambosos people were still saying I mean I I, I wasn't but people were still saying and maybe he's, he's he's not a real a real champion a real guy he's not the man even though he was undisputed once he beat Cambosos and then beat him again. Now Loma was was going to be, and everybody realized this. Experts, pundits, and even other boxers, Demetri himself realizes he this fight against Loma was the fight to prove to shut everybody up, because now you're facing against a Hall of Famer at one who was at one time the argued as the pound for pound best boxer in the world, at least top three, quickest to get a championship. A, a two-division champion, I believe. Might be three, I could be wrong, but either way. Moved up, arguably the greatest amateur boxer we've ever seen. All of that is in Loma's repertoire. It's in his resume. Devin Haney understood that beating him means that all the noise everybody has about me goes quiet because I beat a guy that you all value as the man. Or have seen at one point in time as the man And regardless of whether you think he was Getting older, past his prime Whatever the case may be You still viewed Lomachenko As one of the top guys And so if I win that And I win against him There's nothing anybody can say That was the significance of this fight Everybody knew what Debra Haney included now with the fight being done, you got the decision, but you still don't have in many in some people's eyes the respect that you deserve. that's regardless of this fight with how he fought in this fight in terms of Haney, he's always had my respect. It just got even more immense. But for other people, they may, may, may see him as, see, he was never a real champion. See, he was never really the guy. See, he was never actually the man in the division. He should never be considered on the pound for pound list. This man is a fraud. That's what some people are saying. Whether the casuals, experts, haters, or otherwise. That's what some people are saying. That's the noise. And because that's the noise, the best way to prove that noise wrong is to beat him again, because guess what? Floyd Mayweather did that exact thing. Floyd Mayweather, when he was fighting, when he fought against Castillo, and when he fought against Madonna, he legitimately lost against Castillo, and it was a close fight, and many people thought he lost against Madonna. Even though both of those fights, the first time he fought him, he won. Castillo legitimately lost, if you go watch the fight, actually lost that fight. Madonna, is arguable that he lost that fight, legitimately. And in both camps, people were calling out, in both fights, excuse me, people were calling out, yo, what are you doing? Why he, he, He's not real. He's not about it. He lost. So what did he do? He rematched him immediately and took him out. That's what Floyd Mayweather did. That's what other boxers have done. If it was close for Floyd, guess what? I'm going to beat you again to make sure that it's clear cut. I'm the better man. That's what he did. Because of what you want to say about his career? If a fight was close, he rematched immediately after. That's what he did. Whether you love him or hate him, you can't take that away from him. If you felt that he lost the fight, he would go right back and rematch the brother again and beat him again. To show you that the first time wasn't a fluke. And that's exactly what Devin Haney needs to do. Because right now he's got an opportunity to shut every single person up that still wants to talk smack by saying, I'm not afraid. I feel I know I want in his mind. Speaking of Devin Haney's mind. Devin Haney can say, I know I want. If you don't think I won, that's fine. I will rematch him, hopefully within the year. And beat him again. More definitively this time. To show you that I'm legitimately the better guy. If he wants to shut everybody up. Do it. If he wants to be as great as he can be. Do that. Because the person that was also did it. Floyd Mayweather. That you love. That everybody now respects. And Dean is one of the greatest of all time. Which he is. He's nowhere near the GOAT conversation. But he's definitely one of the greatest boxers we've ever seen. Absolutely. But if you want to be like him. If you want to be great like that. Say what you want about Floyd messing up the sport as a whole when it comes to boxing in terms of how people approach the sport of boxing, protecting their own, looking for the money rather than the legacy, all that stuff. Say what you want about that. The one thing you can't take away from him is that he would not be afraid to take a challenge when he was stepped to. And if you thought he lost that challenge, he would go back and run it again. He wasn't scared of nobody. He wanted it to be definitive. That's you can say, you can absolutely say that about Floyd. And if Devin Haney wants to go that down that same path of greatness, like some people are starting to compare him to, he needs to do that exact same thing. And guess what? If you, it, it, reports are saying it made well, actually, I don't even know what the reports are saying in terms of the buys for this fight. But I do I from what I can tell, a lot more people saw this fight than I thought. And a lot more people were entertained by this fight than maybe many people expected so because of that a rematch probably money would probably be right Loma's they're both still, Devin Haney's probably after this fight gonna improve Lomachenko is showing he's still able to go with the best of the best even at 35 years old maybe he's not as past his prime as we thought get a rematch Money's there, intrigue's there, hype will definitely be there, especially if you keep on that same level of pushing folks around, especially with the, the, in terms of if you're Devin Haney, pushing Lomachenko before, the night before the fight, as well as, now with this in the back burner, oh, the promo skills of these two are going to be incredible, talking about whether who's the real champion, who's not, who actually won that fight and who's not, Shane's going to be thrown left, right, and center, the hype is there. The only thing is, Devin Haney, are you going to be the one to step up to the challenge? Because the public, myself included, thinks that you lost that fight. In a phenomenal fight, you lost that fight. Now the question becomes, are you going to do your part and shut us up by giving Lomachenko an immediate rematch? Not waiting for the next contender. Not waiting for, oh, who's next in line. No, 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 no. This man gave you the the fight of your life and... By many people's accounts, myself included, beat you in that fight in an incredibly close affair. You, right now, nobody else in the division has actively given you that best fight. And yes, you could say Javante Tank Davis deserves to be deserves a shot. Absolutely, he does, no doubt about it. But immediately right now, Lomachenko, more than anybody based off of this performance, and based on the feeling that he did win this fight, deserves to have his shot again as soon as possible. That's what, long, that's what Devin Haney should do. That's what Devin Haney needs to do. Because Devin Haney, we know he's a warrior. We know he loves to fight. You know his pops loves to fight. They ain't scared of nobody. We understand that. Show it. Show it and give us the fans exactly what we want, and give you yourself an opportunity to shut us up. Because what's worse than than Lom, what's arguably worse, excuse me, than Lomachenko losing a decision that he I think he should have won, or that he should have won, is Devin Haney continuing being champion after a fight that he should have lost. Because now, unless he just evolves so much so that now he's Above people like Tank. Nobody's going to think that he's not only not the best in the. Nobody's going to think that he's not only. Out the conversation for best in the division. That you're not a real champion. That's the thing. Because right now with the way people are going. Ranking the four between Shakur. Javante. Loma. And Haney. There's a serious argument with, with, amongst people. That Haney is the fourth best guy in the division. Under Shakur, under Tank, and after this fight, under Loma. So if you want to prove everybody wrong in that sense, you got to put up or shut up. Or in this case, you put up, and you put up well, but you didn't put up enough. And we see it as a robbery. or not robbery, a bad decision, excuse me. Not a robbery, but a bad decision that should have gone the other way in a very close fight. And because of that, and because it's so debated, rematch him and end the debate. That's on you if you're Devin Haney. And in terms of if that rematch does happen, which comes to my third point, we need to make sure it doesn't have corruption because this, my goodness, this whole fight, it was great. It was phenomenal. It was exactly what we wanted to see. It Was better than I expected. But the problem was it was muddied by a horrible judging by one man, Dave Moretti, mind you, Dave Moretti. I said I was going to talk about him. We're going to talk about it right now. This corruption thing is consistently hurting the sport. First, we had Dave Moretti giving tank or giving Ryan Garcia the, the a round. It was in in the third round even though Ryan Garcia got knocked down by a tank and didn't count it as a 10-8, for some odd reason. Had Ryan Garcia winning that round, as well as Tony Weeks coming in, stopping, Ro- uh, Ro- or stopping Barroso, when Rolly Romero was the guy that was on the back burner in a horrible stoppage that robbed Barroso of a legitimate title that he should have today. And now we get Dave Moretti again In a big-time fight with a lot of eyes on them, giving a 116-112 card. There is no way that that should in any way, shape, or form happen if you're watching that fight as a judge, as a fan. No, it was not no 116-112. Even people that don't watch boxing saw that, yo, this fight was incredibly close, maybe one or two rounds. Not no 115-112. Excuse me, 116-112. Jamie everybody, this is the second time in less than a couple months and you've been in charge of some of the biggest fights this year and you're still doing this stuff? Why are you a judge? Why are you in the seat? Why are you even deemed worthy to have the ability to do scorecards? You single-handedly are putting a, a black blotch on the entire event, that should be phenomenal. It should be incredible. It should be a night where, ah, oh, you know, okay, bad decision, but incredibly close fight, 15 13. Okay, I'm not mad. It could, it could, if you saw it that way, I can understand. But you giving it, making it 16 12, and you giving Devin Haney the 10th round. uh, you giving Devin Haney the 10th round? When Devin Haney was nearly about to get knocked out and was dominated objectively Loma's best round of the fight and you give that to Devin Haney? Are you kidding me? This is stupid. You are stupid. And you're messing up the sport. Every single time it's always something. It's always something. When it comes to this, it makes no sense at all that we constantly have to go back and look at, regardless of the outcome, something in between in, in between the fight and the result that sends everybody in an uproar. It's always something. It's never just a good fight for the sake of a good fight. It's never just we would love to see a rematch just because this deserves a rematch. It's always something external or, excuse me, internal within the sport of boxing that causes this stupid mess to constantly happen. Dave Moretti, you are one of the dumbest judges I've ever seen. Either that or you're in the pocket of somebody. You have to be. You have to be in the pocket of promoters. There's no way in the world, back to back, in some of the biggest fights of the year, you you give rounds and decisions and scorecards that are absolutely... Insane? How are you still on this? On, on, how are you still a judge? Where is the commission holding people accountable for stuff like this? Where in the world is the commission to hold these judges in some sort of standard so, you can't, so that they can't get away with this type of mess? Where is it? Why is this not the situation? Why is it consistently that we have to keep limiting these absolutely egregious decisions by people that hold people's careers in the balance? Why is it? Makes no sense at all. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. There's got to be there's, there's, something has to be done. Something has to be done. As a fan base, we have to be willing to go out there and say, "Yo, we can't stand for this. We, we this has to stop. This said, ha- this has to stop. This can't be what this sport is. This can't be what boxing is. This cannot be what boxing is. With so many avenues, and so many new fans coming to the sport, with so many old fans returning to the sport, I have not seen boxing this hyped up in an incredibly long time, between Tank and Ryan, between Usyk Fury, AJ and Wilder, between no, yeah, anyway. But between, in a way, in Fulton, between Errol Spence and Terrence Buck Crawford, which I just found out is actually happening, they've agreed and they're gonna fight. We, we, we're about to have. If if I if I remember correctly, we're getting ready to have. Three undisputed championship fights within a year, at minimum. I think was was it was it anyway that fought early early this year and beat Butler. Yeah, anyway fought but anyway beat Butler and one undisputed. Now we have Lomachenko versus Haney undisputed. L. Spence versus Terrence Crawford undisputed. And potentially in December, Fury versus Usyk for undisputed. We potentially may have four undisputed title fights against the best of the best that we have been clamoring for for nearly three years. Two years at minimum. And now... With fans clamoring to see all these big major fights. We go and we have this type of stuff as a black haze over the sport every single time. We shouldn't have to worry about this when our when the fights that we want to happen get ready to happen. We shouldn't have to worry about corruption. We shouldn't have to worry about greed. We shouldn't have to worry about commissions, promoters, everybody in everybody's back pocket. Money under the table, which this shouldn't be. I don't care what the sport is, it should not be the case. It shouldn't be the case at all. And as much as this, this is the year to bring boxing back to what it was. One of the perennial sports in the entire world, at least in the US. But one of the premier sports in the entire world. We we are on the cusp of having that with the amount of popularity that's happening right now. Couple that with YouTube boxing. Couple that with younger fans finding out about the actual sport. Couple that with, with more accessibility than ever before to find out about the history of the sport. All these things are happening right here, right now. And you as a sport are killing yourself while you're being revived why are you taking the breathing tube out of your neck when you are currently coming back to life that's what the sport of boxing is doing and they're doing that by consistently letting these egregious stupid ignorant corrupt judges and these corrupt promoters and these corrupt commission actively continue to do what they do best which is put money in their pocket, consistently rob people for the sake of of greed and to keep their house fighter protected. Seen this too many times. There's nothing else to call it. This is a fight where if if, if Moretti saw it as Haney actually winning, I'm not mad. But if you judge it So biasly to a point that there's nothing else that can be said outside of you're completely wrong and you have to be paid off. That's just stupid. There's a difference in legitimate contention as to who won and somebody going the other way and actively putting your foot within the fight to make sure that a guy that you want to win for whatever reason, most likely money, most likely you got paid off, most likely some favors were done for you. When you actively do that, you are robbing the sport. You're robbing the sport and you're hurting the sport. And you're going to put your own stuff out of business. The very hustle that you want is going to end up being the death of you because you are going to be out of money because you're going to be out of a job because nobody's going to want nobody's going to want to watch the sport and promoters ain't going to be able to pay you under the table to keep your to keep their guy as champ or as the winner because there won't be enough money to pay you. This is the stupid thing I hate about this sport. And why continually we need to press to constantly make sure that this does not happen. Press to make sure that this does not continue. Shoot, Teddy Atlas, I don't forgot, had a whole petition started years ago to send to Congress to fix this type of stuff. Go, shoot, go to his YouTube channel. Click on his latest podcast. There's a whole link to go and sign it. Sign it. Get this sent to Congress. Get this sent to the the courts so we can make sure that this stops because boxing governing itself is killing itself and killing the careers of its employees or excuse me, not employees, killing the careers of the warriors that stake their life on this fight. Literally stake their life on this career. Put their health and well-being on the line for a chance at glory and fame, at legacy, at icon status. Warriors who give everything that they got for this sport. This sport is actively robbing them of the just rewards that they are due. It's not fair. People have died. Both in and outside the ring. On the bad end of a horrible decision. Lives ruined. All because somebody had to be paid off. All because some house fighter had to be kept in good graces even though they didn't deserve winning. Too many times, too recently have we seen it happen. It's got to stop now, because if it doesn't, the sport that we love is going to continue to deteriorate up until it inevitably implodes. Because there won't be anybody to support it. This is not what this sport is made for. And in fact, that we had to continue to have these conversations. We have a great fight like Devin Haney and potentially we'll have, actually, no, right now, confirmed to have Spence and Crawford fight and potentially Usyk and Fury fight, as well as Inouye anyway and Fulton fight. All these major fights, all these major fights that could put this sport on a fast track to, I mean, superstar status in the eyes of the overall public especially in the U- in the United States and you are going to kill all the momentum you've gained because you as a sport are so greedy and corrupt that you're blinded by what you've actually done to yourself you's got to stop we're the ones that can do it again, Go sign Teddy Atlas's petition that he's trying to send to Congress. Go make some noise. Go, shoot. Teddy Atlas even said you can contact your own state to talk about why this needs to be the case. Contact Congress, whatever the case may be. Write letters, make some noise. Get, in the words of of, of the late, great John Lewis, I believe it's John Lewis, get in good trouble. Get in good trouble. That's what we got to do. Get in good trouble to make sure that our sport that we love is not going to be corrupted anymore. We have a responsibility to do that. We have a means to make sure that we do what we have to do to make sure that stuff that we want to accomplish gets accomplished. It's in our hands. Let's not let it go to waste. Because if not, the sports is just going to continue to kill its own self. And I, as a fan, and analyst, but more so as a fan more than anything, do not want to see that. Because then I'll put the legacies of all who came before to shame. Ali, Frazier, Foreman. Holmes, Lewis, Tyson, Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard, Floyd. We can we can go down that route. Floyd, Pacquiao, Ezra Charles, Joe Lewis, Willie Pep, Salvador Sanchez, Carlos Carlos uh, uh, Monzon, Julio Cesar Chavez. Oliver, Prior, Archie Moore, I can keep going on, Jack Dempsey, all these people that helped pave the way, done. We're putting, we're cheating the legacy that they helped create for the sport. If we don't do something, it shouldn't be on our means, it shouldn't be on our hands to handle this. But it's got to be because we have, as fans, we have the power. So make some good use of it. Why don't we? But, this has been another episode of Watch your Report. I've been your host Jean-Luc Welch. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Like I said before, leave a like on the video, comment your thoughts and opinions, subscribe to the channel, and share... The channel with everybody that you know Also share the podcast with everybody that you know So we can get this out everywhere At all times Thank you so much for listening Thank you so much for watching We're going to keep it locked on here Every week Don't go nowhere We still got more to come with the Welch Report So share, tell everybody that we are growing And building up an empire together And it's all thanks to you So thanks to my beautiful viewers Thanks to my beautiful listeners I've been John well. Peace and love We are out of here!